Chris Lofgren. Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Friday, February 3rd, 2023. 30 degrees, feels like 22. That is a nice winter day. Winds 10 miles an hour out of the south. I probably should pay attention a little bit more pre-show, as I know we go through weather already. Michael does a great job with that, by the way. Um, but I just feel like I've got to I've got to hit it. Anyway, I am Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln, restoring American values, bringing common sense to the capital city. Caleb Henry, otherwise known as I, Caleb Henry, hello, is producing the show. As Johnny Cadillac is still, as as we believe, uh, in the Caribbean somewhere on a cruise ship. <laughs> For all I know, he might be uh, chasing down the Chinese spy balloon. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to comment too much on that because, my God, there's coverage everywhere. National, local, everybody's talking about it. Every political figure is talking about it. It's pretty simple to a guy like me with my background. Just shoot the thing down and be done with it. Um, And we'll go from there. Because I think there's way more important things to talk about. Um, Caleb, actually, I love when he comes in because, well, one, he's much more than a sports uh, director here, or sports reporter, much more. Yeah, I can cook, too. Well, you can do a lot more than that, and I'm glad to hear that, because that's an important skill, I think. Um, but I'm going to load you with a question up front that is sports, because I always like to take advantage of you uh, when you're in here. Um, but we won't go to it right away. But I want you to answer, why will the University of Nebraska land number one Quarterback prospect, <laughs> prospect Dylan Riola. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. And I want you in your analysis to tell me why Nebraska won't land Dylan Riola. And we'll we'll do the little yeah. show on that. We'll do a little segment there, folks. So you know, I, it's it's very interesting to me. Obviously, uh, yeah, we'll break that down. We'll have some fun with that here on a Friday. As always, the call lines open four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred, and the text line already have Jeff, who is just an awesome texter hitting me up so jeff happy birthday to you uh coming up and your family always appreciate when you text in uh one of the things i know i want to cover today is for those that have been following me at riggins underscore jack i have been uh pretty vocal about what i think about the county attorney requesting a special prosecutor in this long ago any gop Quote unquote alleged break in. Um, that you call that summer. Corngate, right? I do call it Corngate. corngate. Hash, hashtag. I've corngate. read all of them. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I think three out there that about six tweets in a row, and then I've got a supplemental. So I got three. I don't even know. Um, and so I did a supplemental today. I mean, there's just a lot of questions there, and in fact, um, whether you pay attention to politics. Or you just pay attention to law and order. The fact is, there is a definitely ongoing dispute on what happened where after the NEGOP had a constitutional vote, which changed the leadership of the party this summer. And some people that were part of the party uh, came back and went in there and took some things. And LPD was notified. They did an investigation. The facts 
that they have said are that uh, I think it was August. So a quick investigation. I said there's no crime committed. And I think there's a lot of levels to this, which is okay. That's one level by LPD. Um, the NEGOP hired their own investigator, Colonel Tom Nesbitt, of the, formerly of the State Patrol. He's a friend of this show. And many people uh, don't think that's the case. But what's interesting is why did LPD wait five months to ask for a special prosecutor? Um, and there's no big deal. It's going to get worked out because, in fact, uh, County Attorney Pat Condon has filed the paperwork today requesting a special prosecutor to check into the work of Lincoln Police Department. Um, and so I think for everybody, if there was a crime, this certainly would fall under the white-collar crime dynamic. And I think people are interested because the NEGOP and its former leadership uh, has a lot of ties to a lot of very important people right now uh, around the state. And so it is good that it will get the full attention of a special prosecutor to find out exactly what happened there. Um, So you'll see some good articles from the Lincoln Journal Star right now, as well as the Nebraska Examiner. And I'm sure people are going to follow this a lot more closely now than they initially did back in July. And again, there's a lot of reasons, folks. I'm not going to go into it. It it may be LPD um, didn't really have the manning and resources to look into such an incident. Um, It could be there, as they have said, they're very happy with their work. But let's get a second set of eyes. And I think that's the absolute right decision. Um, And I just as a conservative, as a citizen, I want to know the truth as much as, you know, legally it's there. And in the end, folks, sometimes just because a crime can't be proved doesn't mean a crime didn't occur. There's a lot of levels to this. Obviously, a criminal investigation plus political implications so um yeah follow that along there Uh, unfortunately or fortunately yours truly volunteered some time down there ending in a interesting situation but um i know a little bit about it and there's some things i can't say some things i can't say i'll just say i hope the special prosecutor comes and talks to me (laughs) but uh yeah Corngate is a mess. It's been getting some national attention, as you would think it would, because of the political nature of it. And it's right there. Locally, one of the things I wanted to cover, because if you didn't know, I love animals. I love dogs, especially. Um, But the Capital Humane Society is looking for donations. Supplies are running low for them. And uh, remember, it's a private nonprofit. Relies heavily on donations as a result. They're calling on us, all of us around the town, um, to help them out. They can be made uh, either at their uh, adoption center at 6500 South 70th or at the Administrations and Assessment Center at 2320 Park Boulevard. Um, Anything. Collars, leashes, toys. They'll take it, right? Anything food-related to animals, please donate. Uh, There's nothing I hate seeing. Then um, all the unfortunate, you know, pets that people pick up and then decide they can't take care of. But 
at least there's a place that they can go, in this case, the Capital Humane Society, that another family or person um, can, you know, put their name in the hat and, and take care of this animal. I think it's important. All right, Caleb. Um, Dylan Riola. No, oh, was I supposed to be thinking about no, this? No, you, no, not at all. I just <laughs> wanted to give you time, right? You know, space filler and radio. I, I wanted to make sure I got the information out on the county attorneys hiring a special prosecutor. Um, I want to make sure I talked about Capital Humane Society. And I wanted to get, you know. Which we talk with uh, Matt Mancero every Thursday morning there just before go. 7 o'clock on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. We also put up a, a little video that's got on uh, on Twitter, and it's got the pictures of the, the featured pets. I believe I this love it. We- I believe this week it was Timon and Glenn. Nice. Timon and Glenn. Can they be married as as animals, or are they different type animals? Yeah, as a dog and a cat. Yeah, they could be, absolutely. Marry them off. Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. I mean, they'll figure it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, definitely also going to talk about uh, Black History Month and stay in my lane of uh, of the military and give you a little history and background on that. But let's go and just hear this. I don't think you have to think about it because you're sharp on this stuff. But why would Dylan Riola, son of former Husker uh, Dominic Riola, nephew to current O-line coach Donnie <laughs> Riola, um, why will... He end up at Nebraska. Dylan Riola will end up coming to Lincoln, Nebraska to play his college football because of, first of all, the family connections. Okay. So you, you have that out the gate, and that is a leg up on 99% of the, the other institutions in college. Well, and when you're looking at the number one guy in the country, having a leg up on the 99% other institutions already puts you where... Who are the other guys you're going to be competing with then? The Ohio States, the Georgias, the Alabamas. It puts you in rare air. Yeah, you you are there with the uh, with the schools that are traditionally competing for national championships. We know Nebraska hasn't been there, but because of that, that is going to play into Nebraska's favor in this recruiting process. You've got some upperclassmen quarterbacks, um, so when you get through this next year. If Dylan Riola wants to come in and compete for a starting job right away, that's not going to happen at some of these other places. That's going to be very hard to do at a Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, um, even a USC, Oklahoma, those types of places. Nebraska is going to be somewhere that a five-star quarterback can come in and win that job as a freshman. Now, we've seen what that's looked like with a Taylor Martinez, with a Tommy Armstrong Jr. of guys starting as freshmen, Playing all the way through until they're just beat up enough as a senior. Well, they but, they usually it, it turns out pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we 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 see what it looks like a little bit on some of the 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 flair that's there. But this is a different level of athlete. This is a different level of quarterback with Dylan Riola. He will come to Lincoln because of the family connections. He can win a job here early in his career, and because of that. And I don't think he'll necessarily be hurting for these opportunities anywhere he goes. But coming to Nebraska as that five-star quarterback, he will make more through his name, image, likeness than he will anywhere else. Especially if you can come in and be a starter as an underclassman and you don't have to wait two, three years. Very good. Very good. Caleb, that is awesome analysis. It really is. And to be honest, it's it's going to be interesting to hear why he wouldn't come here from you. Because everything you said there is both logical 
factual as as the lineup is as we see it you know moving forward in the quarterback room um the family connection you would have to think that at least his father um who played here and and mother have a strong connection to want him to be here uh the uh, i guess the, uh, the, uncle, the, the well the the other portion of that by the way would be you you you're coming into a coach who has coached in the NFL yeah. who has those NFL connections who has put players in the NFL mm-hmm. So so there there's the the coaching staff portion of that yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean I I think you can't discount the fact that uh, the Scott Frost era stalled out and so if you were a young recruit as highly touted and and with the bright future as him, um that would have been looked at as a negative for him. Um but this is a fresh start, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And uh, and certainly his uncle, well, he's coaching in Nebraska even though he's a Wisconsin guy. Right. Uh, I'm sure he'd uh, love to have him around. Now, why wouldn't we land him. Dylan Riola will not come to Lincoln to play his college football because he wants to be sure that he's going to to a program where he can be successful. And right now, that is a giant unknown at the University of Nebraska. Uh, five straight seasons missing bowl games. You have coaching turnover. There are over a hundred scholarship players right now going into the spring. All of that has to get weeded out. It is a jam packed six scholarship quarterback room there is a lot of top heaviness to that class with where guys are but there's a lot of eligibility left if dylan riola wants to come to lincoln and have a competition there might be some other guys that the coaches are already high on does he want to go somewhere that he has to be in a competition and the team might not necessarily be successful we've seen what matt rules first seasons have been at places like temple temple and baylor they haven't been very successful well, that's going to be Dylan Riola's final season of high school ball. Most likely, he's not going to see a successful product at Memorial Stadium when he is able to make his decision. So he may be okay going somewhere, sitting for one year using a red shirt, being behind another guy for a second year, and then being ready to ball out his third year, taking over a program knowing he has a much higher chance of playing big-time football for conference championships, for national championships and having a putting himself in a better position to go play in the NFL. Wow. Okay, folks, that is Caleb Henry, our sports director, our <laughs> program director, um, right here, Lincoln, Nebraska, KLIN. <laughs> Follow him at iCalebHenry, at iCalebHenry on Twitter. Amazing analysis. Number one, you... If you're not getting paid by maybe just down the road here at the university to teach <laughs> debate class or like the ability to talk and publicly speak and share different ideas, you should be. Number two, while you were going there, you've got to be aware of the Tony Romo drama with CBS right now. Jim! Uh, okay, you don't know what i got to tell you, Jim. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> but he's, he's got to, oh, yeah. I think he's got to yeah, put okay. it down to It's going to be uh, okay. close. Okay, you know where I'm going with this, folks. <laughs> if I could be. And I'm not. I am not a professional radio person. I don't know much about uh, big media. But if I could be, right now, I would give I, Caleb Henry, Tony Romo's $108 million to call NFL games because I'm going to get more entertained, better product, more information on Sundays and Saturdays. And here's the thing. You already got him beat in the analysis and the talking. We could teach you the Telestrator easy, because I think you could already do it. I just haven't seen you do it. But, I mean, 
Really, folks, right here, we got a gem. I would have a long way to go, though. There are there are the quirky things that Tony Romo does, and those are the things that people pick out. But but what there are times when, especially his first year, if he can get back to the way he right. did, he did things his first, he year. he was better as a rookie than he's he, he's he was literally soured. calling the plays. I know, he and, was. and and he'll still do that from time to time. But but yeah, if he can go back to that, I have got. Years and years and years to go, just because he had that personal experience. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I guess you're right. If he's back to rookie, you know, caller mm-hmm. Romo, it was good. He soured a little bit. I think you're right there. The problem is you'd you'd be competing against the goat now too. But I I'm willing to I would be you know Tom Brady has supposedly signed a big deal with somebody. I think. Yeah, but, but I'll actually eat strawberries. <laughs> My point is, I'd be willing to take the risk on you. And and give I appreciate it. great that. analysis. Let's just hope that uh, Caleb's wrong on a couple of things. On the second argument, which is he won't come here, and in that argument that Nebraska might not be competitive enough yet. Let's hope that Coach Rule mm-hmm. has them trending to where they're competitive, uh, you know, rather quickly. Um, but in the end of the day, it's going to be a great thing that plays out. Um, and obviously, I think I know the family. I think that. Ultimately, what's neat in that family to have a high-level athlete is they're re- they're really going to let him make that choice. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine if any of us had an athlete like that. I mean, that's a whole new level of parenting mm-hmm. right there with NIL and everything. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back on 1,499 KLIN. Let Lincoln know if your organization or business is impacted by the latest severe weather. Go under the Closings tab and sign up at KLIN.com. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, back on a Frogman Friday here, February 3rd, um, Black History Month, this whole month of February. Um, sticking to my military roots here. Um, how about this? Second Lieutenant Henry O. Flipper. What a great name, actually. Should have been in the Navy. But he was the first black graduate of the United States Military Academy, otherwise known as West Point, um, and was one of the famed Buffalo Soldiers. Mm. Why did that stick out to me? Well, because when I was at the Command and General Staff College down at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, there is a fantastic monument um, on campus uh, to the Buffalo Soldiers. And so as you walk around the campus there and, uh, you know, really take in United States Army history... Um, that stuck out, but at 21, he became the first African-American graduate of West Point and he was assigned in July, 1877 to the 10th U S cavalry, otherwise known as the Buffalo soldiers, one of two African-American cavalry regiments organized after the civil war. Um, and it was a realization of a personal dream for him. As you can imagine, um, he went on to serve in many different roles uh, throughout life. And uh, I think what's so interesting when we uh, bring stuff like that up is for me to think about how in the world could we have had segregated regiments? There's a little bit in understanding history back in the 1800s where America was at, but you know, to have that into world war two, we've made a lot of progress and Henry O flipper, Black History Month. Remember, it's a unique story. All right, folks, we'll come back. Caleb Henry and I here on Drive Time Lincoln, 1499 3 KLIN.
Drive-Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. All right, folks, uh, Friday, February 3rd, second segment here. Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln. Caleb Henry on the producing microphone and Hello. the board. Uh, boy, we were just both going down the rabbit hole there on the break, <laughs> and we will spare you the drama. Caleb did a fantastic, uh, why would Dylan Riola come to the University of Nebraska to play football, and why wouldn't he come to uh, Nebraska to play football? Thought that was good. I talked a little bit about uh, Second Lieutenant Henry O. Flipper, which is a phenomenal name, first black graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point, and uh, one of the famed Buffalo Soldiers, um, just a little Black History Month, uh, going all um, month here in February, made my comment about the balloon, shoot it down, um, but as I I didn't really want to talk about it, but I will say this, because Caleb and I were talking about it, yeah, I mean, we've tracked it since the Aleutian Islands, so if you're going to shoot it down, you, you can shoot it down at the Aleutian Islands, all the way up into Alaska, I mean, you have relations with Canada, I mean, there's, there's many things that, that could have been done, but we'll just let it play out, uh, clearly nobody's in direct harm by this right now, and uh, this is why we... Um, pay supposedly smart people and hopefully the chinese have smart people to figure these things out and uh not cause major wars the other thing i talked about was uh that lancaster county attorney pat condon filed paperwork friday requesting a special prosecutor to check the work of lincoln police department regarding last summer's quote unquote alleged break-in at the nebraska republican party uh, the Lincoln Journal Star has a good kind of article out about that, and Adam Sandiford has a follow-up article as he broke the story that LPD had requested that in the Nebraska Examiner. While I'm giving credit to other uh, outlets, I will also say that uh, Mitch Sherman is credited with piquing my interest in Dylan Riley. He wrote a good article in the uh, Athletic where he went down. He there. went down there. Yeah, he yeah. went down there to Phoenix. And uh, got a lot of good information. So you know, Mitch does good work. Yeah, and Mitch is a Nebraskan, and, and you know he's worked around the scene, and he's just working for the Athletic right now. But uh, honestly, you're not going to get a better analysis of potentials than what our own Caleb Henry did. <laughs> and I want him to replace Tony Romo. I, one, I don't want him to leave KLIN, but at the same time, I want him to get Tony Romo's paycheck to fly out. You know, on Saturdays, prep for Sunday NFL football games because I think he'd be great at it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. No, it's good. I mean, you know, sports is interesting, right? Because part of sports today, at least from my optic, is the sport and calling the sport and analyzing the sport. But it's also selling it and and storylines that intrigue people. I mean, that's why sports grows like it grows. And there's an interest. In, and there's a fine balance, I think, between you know being able to get in there and get the information and report it, not becoming um, kind of just blah and and doing the normal taglines that, you know, each audience kind of likes for their university or their sports team. 
and then being able to give some details and and some thoughts as you clearly laid laid out on Dylan Riola, which makes a lot of sense, right? And yeah. that's what I enjoy about sports is when people like you can cover it and then provide some of that context that most of us don't have time to think about. Yeah, and I know that, that- like I can think about yeah. The the left guard that I watched all weekend stinks, mm-hmm. right? I I can see it, <laughs> right? Well, and, and it's it's hard sometimes talking about these these high school athletes and projecting completely what they're going to look like at the collegiate level. Um, I just happened to be in college at Southern Illinois Edwardsville. There was a Husker who came from Edwardsville, Illinois. And one of my buddies was a volunteer coach at their school. So we, I went to the homecoming game. I watched a couple Edwardsville High football games with Vincent Valentine playing. Oh, yeah. Lining up on both sides of the ball. I'll be dang. And they would just follow him. Yeah. And you could see, you're like, it's not like when you have a like a Drew Audit Giltner. Right. Like It's like, this is a, this is a D1 dude messing up, like... For the most part, eight man guys who are not going to play at the next level, like like they're, like there's they're, there's just something different about that when when you see someone who is clearly a a power five division one talent going against there's going to be a bunch of other division one talent on the field, or at the very least there's going to be almost all of those dudes are going to play D two somewhere some FCS ball and just watching him and the way he moved at his size it was like. That's absolutely a Division One guy. Yeah. Sometimes that's hard to gauge. That's why sometimes you get some recruiting misses. Sure. Um, so you hope when, as we talk about Dylan Riola, and he'll be at, I believe, his third high school? Because he just transferred. Yeah. There there was something going on at, at that high school. In Texas. Like, um, well, the, the high school that he was at uh, this past year. My bad. Let, Started in Texas, family moved to the Phoenix area, and then... And, and then now they're going to another high school there. Um, there was like 20-some players from that team mm-hmm. are transferring because of the, the situation at that gotcha. school. So it's not a, hey, he's going to bounce around. This is a preview. He'll be in the transfer portal in a year. Um, there was some stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's really hard to to gauge... What is this 16, 17, soon to be 18 year old? What is he going to look like when he's 21, 22, or Stetson Bennett 25? Right, right. You know, like, like those are some really hard things to gauge, but that's what the recruiting services take care of. The guys like Mitch Sherman, they go down and, yeah. and visit to get the full stories behind stuff. And that's what the coaching staffs have to gauge. Where is the development that they can, they can see that there's, there's a diamond in there, but right now it looks, it's pretty rough. Or do you pretty much already have a diamond and you need to just do some polishing because yeah. everyone else can see that talent too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, in his case and, and certainly in Vincent Valentine's case, right? I mean, the, the body package, right? Mm-hmm. So the genetic body package is at the high level. Um, and you know, you just, you, you could tell, right. Where other kids can be developed. You know, he's probably very developed as a young man. Vince Valentine was a giant man, mm-hmm. just big. And, you know, and then sometimes guys are a little bit smaller, right. And you can see, well, I think they're going to go, they're going to develop really well. They're going right. to fit a system really well. And you know what? They might go to the next level. Yeah. Danny would. Yeah. I was just going to say, and that's the thing is, you know, you look at Danny even today and, uh, unless you get up next to him, right? I mean, you don't realize that he certainly wasn't the tree trunk right away coming out of high school, but by the time, right, four years of college at, at uh, Shattern State, I mean, 
the man is a tree trunk, Mm -hmm. but he's a short man. And then, you know, he's got the speed, the hands, the smarts, and all of that. And so, yeah, there's all that. And so it's going to be interesting. But that's that's funny. I remember Vincent Valentine here. And uh hope hope he's doing well. Um, had an interesting background. And I uh, think he very much enjoyed his time at the University of Nebraska. And we'll go from there. Some of the other things uh, that are out there. You know, I will say this. I have yeah, m- made a few comments here and there about some of the laws and the way the legislature is playing out. Um, And I have been enjoying watching, I guess, the politics of what some people are trying to pass and how others are fighting it. And both ways, I gave Senator Megan... Hunt, which most people would be like, I can't believe you did that. I gave her a lot of credit earlier in the week um, in the way she was politicking, right? I didn't agree with their stance, but uh, she was really uh, turning the fork on something conservatives were trying to do around the whole drag queen story hour and protect your children. And I thought her uh, bill, again, Plain politics, and that's what I try to do is talk about the real nature of how this gets done, how the macaroni gets made, um, to say, okay, well, let's have a build outlaw, you know, youth Christian camp so those kids can't be indoctrinated. And what I'm saying, folks, is I don't agree with that stance, okay? But the political nature of which she did that is good politics. Right. And you have to be able to look at it and understand it as a bit of a game. Now, at the same time, and I will say again, I don't think Drag Queen Story Hour and that whole argument is great. I don't like it. I don't participate in it. But it's real simple. If you don't like that, then just don't take your kids. That's all. Our government has better things to legislate on, in my opinion. Our government only has, in this case, the state legislature has 90 days. They're talking about 800 bills. Yep, okay, so most all of those aren't even going to get heard. And and my point is, they're not going to be able to legislate when we're always in this, you know, tit-for-tat of different things like that. To me, that one doesn't raise to the level. Although I'm clearly on the side of, I don't agree with that stuff. But I also understand the American Constitution and don't think that we need to legislate. Just don't go, folks. That's it. Just don't go. Don't take your kids. If, in fact, you know, our schools start teaching it, well, maybe we got a different argument. But right now, people that enjoy that is their essentially free time and hobby. Let them do it. Let them do it. All right, Ben, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, I just had a quick comment uh, about, you know, evaluating high school talent that's going, you know, that yeah. you clearly know yeah. that it's go- they're going to the Division One. So when I was in high school, I, I went to high school in Ohio, and I played college or I played high school football guy against a guy named James Harrison. I think you're familiar with. Did him, you think probably. he was going to a NAIA school? <laughs> he uh, he absolutely torched my high school. 
I think he rushed because he was a running back and a middle linebacker. He knocked our quarterback out cold on an option play. Out cold. <laughs> and he rushed for, I think, almost 300 yards against us. <laughs> and he was an absolute man among boys. Sure. The guy, and, he, and, and even in the, in the NFL, even at times, he looked like that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, absolutely. You, know, you, you played against that guy, and he was just an absolute physical, you know, freak. And so <laughs> that's my only comment. Yeah. I, I was supposed to block him on a number of plays. <laughs> I was a lineman. Well, you're using like, our show for a little therapy, and I understand. <laughs> I, I need it. It was like I run up and hit him, and I might as well run into an oak tree. Yeah, it's, it's sobering, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we appreciate oh it. Thanks, Ben. Terrible. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, I think any athlete at any skill level uh, can relate to that, certainly if you yeah. played high school sports, because there's always somebody bigger, faster, and stronger, and everybody has, in any kind of competitive endeavor, has gone up against something where, yes, it was the brick wall, of insanity and i do believe that ben was using that for a little therapy but his main point right was and some guys you can just tell they have the package that's an easy potential pro athlete if Mm. everything works out in division one and you know certainly if if they continue to develop get good coaching um take take their uh essentially profession seriously they they oftentimes become very elite pros well, and it, and it's not always. I know we're 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 talking football here, but oh, there, that's okay. There was when I was freshman. After my freshman year of high school, I'd gone to I, I played on the the Bison Run. Well, I think it was after my eighth grade year, but I played on the old Bison Runs of basketball teams. Well, we got matched up to where we had to play one of the older teams in in one of the tournaments. Jesse Carr from Ainsworth was on that older team, and he was full sprint and. Because of my size and the position that I played, I had to guard him mm-hmm. because I, I was a little bit bigger than he was, um, but I was still mo- mostly going to be, play- be playing guard. And I would get matched up with him. He's full sprint down the floor, catches it in rhythm, and just stops on a dime and shoots. And it's like, how, how are you supposed to guard that? And that's when he was an underclassman in high school. Right. And you could see that that was a guy who was going to go play Division One basketball. Sure. And and he he initially went out to to Colorado State. There there were some guys the uh, the Smith brothers at Gretna played with them. And it's like when you watch some of these these guys play, you go, that's a Division one athlete. You can see it in you see it in track and field. You see it in you, we especially see it in volleyball in this area, right? Yeah. Where you go, that's a Division one athlete. Yeah, like playing playing for that volleyball team. But then there are some there are some other times like the Danny Woodhead. It's the I think there's some talent there. And I think this is what, to bring it all back to Nebraska, I think that those are the parts that Matt Rule is looking for on, is there some talent there? Are they especially gifted in another sport like yeah. track and field where you can see they've got explosive legs, they're, they're a tremendous triple jumper. Right. And it's like, okay, well, well he's, a, he's a 45, 46-foot triple jumper. Maybe he, he likes doing that, but maybe he doesn't love it, and he's an okay football player. Can we develop him into a yeah. better football player because we know how athletic he is? Yeah. I think those, those are the things this coaching staff's looking for, more of the can we develop some of those guys while bringing in the 
the Dylan Riola, the the, yeah. the, the guys who are going to be the diamonds. I mean, you have to have a mix of those, but this staff has shown in the past they do really well with those projects over a couple of years. Well, and I think that's why initially we, you know, we're taking advantage of you being on here with Johnny Gone, but we talked about it last week, and you know, I, I publicly, <clears throat> publicly gave a big shout out because I like the way they're going about their business because. There is some unique natural advantages to the Midwest landscape, specifically Nebraska, specifically in the male culture where the football is kind of this thing. So a lot of kids are working hard and dreaming to do that. And we have big people here and there's, (laughs) there are tweeners. And so there are kids um, that have the want to that, you know, given the chance can develop and can essentially not only create depth, but, you know, plug holes and, 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 and excel as many Nebraskans have or kids from other state around here at the University of Nebraska. And so I think that's a good template to not leave that on the table. And so it's really cool that they're doing it. And I would say the same thing now about volleyball. Yeah. I mean, because of Nebraska volleyball and, and to some degree Creighton volleyball, um, you now have a girls event in the state where many girls now are developing like that with those dreams to play. And so we punch above our weight class in producing those type of athletes. Um, and you're, you're just kind of a fool, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to leave those on the cutting room floor because it's a built-in advantage. Yeah, volleyball is insane. Because it the, is, well, really. Well, so so you, got, you have Nebraska and you have Creighton. UNO has had... Some some success. Midlands but, had success yeah, in the NAIA, and who Midland, else? Midland, Concordia, Wayne yes. State, UNK. Yes, like when you get into the NAIA and you get into the Division Two, it's like this is the corridor. Absolutely, where th- this is the primo real estate for volleyball. But for some of those volleyball players, they might really like volleyball. But guess what? They they were on the four by four and they did pole vault. And yeah. it's like okay. Well, they're super athletic. What's this going to look like when they commit and just do one sport? When yeah. I when I was coaching javelin at UNK for a couple of years, I was telling the coaching staff I want someone who played volleyball in high school, and I, I, like someone who was a hitter, mm-hmm. but they they want to come and they might be a jumper, yeah. in track, or they were a softball player, they were an outfielder. I want someone with an arm that maybe hasn't thrown javelin before, but we know they're athletic because yeah. of the other sports they yeah, play. They're explosive, and Nebraska is so full of that. Yeah. You, you can go. There were the uh, the Malone sisters from from Southern Nebraska, but they they ended up going down. Maggie Malone went to Tech. They both went to Texas A and M, but she was an Olympian from. Nebraska didn't really throw javelin throughout school because, like, we don't have that in high schools. Right? There are so many athletes in this state doing multiple sports that, because of the way we're spread out and we only have the Division One schools on the eastern part of the state, and maybe there's not as much recruiting comes through. There is so much talent here that just they're doing two, three, four sports a year. If coaches can come in and see that athleticism, and I think that's what Matt Rule and company are trying to find. Yeah, see that athleticism and go. What happens when they're on a, a proper college program going through, doing all the weights, doing all the nutrition, and focusing on that one sport no. at that level when they're 18 to 22? Well, and all you have to look at, to your point, and, and again, you know, I, I played at that NAI level and coached a little bit at it. Um, it's the most competitive football conference in the nation mm-hmm. at, the, at the small level. 
Yeah. Right. So you have the the makeup there, but then you go up and see the athletes who are going to South Dakota State and are going to North Dakota State from Nebraska and all around. So the level below our two kind of known Division One is very high caliber. And so yes, while those schools would hate to lose some of their talent base, there's certainly and obviously Tom Osborne knew it. You know, and and we had perfected it for a while, and yeah, I think Mount Rule is is absolutely going after, it. and that's the right way to be because, like I said, you have an in-house advantage to depth, mm-hmm. you have an in-house advantage to developers, and it's just cool to see because I think, to be honest, that's just kind of like how Nebraska is always going to be if we're going to be successful in anything. That's yeah. kind of the way we do it. It's been our template, and uh, I think people enjoy that uh, dynamic. All right, folks, fourteen hundred ninety-nine three KLIN. Much of the same on Sunday, mostly sunny with highs right around 50 degrees. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm Chief Meteorologist Rusty Dawkins. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, finishing up the show here. Caleb, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You know, I should know, but is my producer actual full-time? Is he coming back Monday? <laughs> Does anybody know? I, I think he's back. <laughs> you don't have a show next Wednesday. I think that's oh. when he was supposed to be. He okay. might be back next Thursday. Okay. Johnny will be back, folks, eventually. <laughs> he's back when he's back. <laughs> he's All back right. when he's back. We give him a long leash. <laughs> um, hey, I'll tell you what. If you're interested in financial things to a degree or history of it, I, I'm fascinated really by the failures of America. It drives me nuts when major corporations uh, get bailouts from our government. I think it's completely criminal. But there's a great new show, and it's probably been out for a while, on Netflix about Bernie Madoff. Mm. And check it out. It's just called Madoff. It's about five-part series, so it's about five hours. It's really interesting. It's well done, historical. It's got a little of the real clips, but also actors. And uh, it's fascinating, the Ponzi scheme that he ran for how much money and how many people and how he pulled it off, which they explain. And that's what I found interesting. And so if you want something with no real uh, consequence, <laughs> Pez Outlaw also on Pez Outlaw.